This is Unfilter, episode 140 for April 8th, 2015. Edward, if the American people understood this, they would be absolutely horrified. I guess I never thought about putting it in the, the context of your junk. Would a good takeaway from this be, until such time as we've sorted all of this out, don't take pictures of your dick. Just don't do it anymore. No, if, if we do that, if we... Wait, ch- hold on. What you're saying, no? Yeah. You should keep taking pictures of your dick. Yes, you shouldn't change your behavior because a government agency somewhere is doing the wrong thing. If we sacrifice our values because we're afraid, we don't care about those values very much. That is a pretty inspiring answer to the question, hey, why did you just send me a picture of your dick? <laughs> because I love America, that's why. To Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you shouldn't be watching. Now, if you want some pictures, some really good pictures, be sure to follow Chris and I on Instagram. But any, what not, now? not those kind of pictures. Wow. I'm Chase. There's Chris. Hey, hey Chris. Hey, man. 140. Oh, I did it. No. No. <laughs> Fine. I just had to. I had to, man. I had to. I had did to. Did you notice I was segueing Dude, from the intro the clip and here's I was like working in the intra- Instagram, here's but the no. Thing. No, you screw it Here, up. Here's why. We'll do it for 141. I pinky swear. All right. If we don't do it for 141, we can we can redo the show. But I realized. Oh, we should let everybody know. Yeah, we are doing a show. Uh, oh, this yeah. Is, yeah we, some people actually. Some people fought the last week. Some of them in our chat room right now, and they were actually yelling at me during the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's cool. People need to look at the calendar. That's why I never do. We're ending the show joke. I never do that one. I know. Now listen. Here's the thing. That's next year. Why I wanted to say the episode number. It's super important. I realized during the intro, as the music was playing, yeah, I've gotten a little superstitious about this show. During the intro, you got superstitious got, yeah. about the show. Yeah, I realized. No, no, that's no. not what I said at all. Oh, okay, man. I misunderstood you. Catherine and I should have a conversation because you must just be a thrill to have an argument with. (laughs) Listen to what I am saying. Ding. I have have developed a superstition that if we don't say the episode number at the top right there, Uh it's going to be a bad show. But we already say it at the top. We say it at the very, very top. I know. That's why we got to double say it, right? You have to double say it. Yeah. So, but next week, because it's not 140, we can try it. That's fine. It's because, you know, all right. Uh-huh. Okay. I just, we have a good show this week. I didn't want to blow it. We have a lot coming up. Uh, you probably gathered from our intro, we're going to be talking about Edward Snowden's interview on John Oliver's program. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, we're going to play some of the best moments of it. But more than that, I actually want to discuss what was done, how John Oliver uh, handled it, but also the context, the, I'm sorry, the content of the interview. Uh, also, uh, you supporters should check the sink. There's probably something in there for you related to that. Uh, but before we get too far, we do need to start somewhere that is relevant to the Jupiter Broadcasting audience. Chase, and that, of course, is what? Cybersecurity. And Chase, uh, when you're watching TV in the morning, one thing you definitely need to be aware of is your cybersecurity issues. That's why we're here to tell you, if you missed the morning news, we've got you covered. The Minnesota family is done this morning with wireless nanny cams. They say hackers recently posted images of their baby's nursery, even panning the camera remotely. The parents- this is 
This comes up like every six months. I know, right? I know. That's why. Hold on. We're going to get there. To use the camera software to trace the suspects all the way to Amsterdam. Tim Stevens from our partner at CNET is with us. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Well, how does morning. a nanny cam get hacked? It's a pretty scary story. I was- Chase. Come on, man. Is it a scary story, no, Chase? No, it's not. So this was a, from a company called Foscam, and ultimately there was a glitch in this company. A glitch. Company software that allowed anybody from anywhere basically to log into this web camera, even without a username or a password. Oh, and full disclosure, CNET is also owned by CBS. Right. Yeah. I can tell you exactly what happened, right? Universal plug and play. It sets yeah, up a port. Yeah. You can do a Google search for the URL strings on these cameras, and they all show up. And basically, anybody could then log in and control the camera, move it around, even play music through it or talk through it. As well. Because it's a web interface. Look <laughs> at, nice. Pop. Look at Nora. Nora's completely Nora's shocked. Nora's shocked. She had no idea. Look at that. She genuinely is shocked. She really is shocked. Nora has no idea. No idea. Well, if... I mean, it's all I mean their... Nora has, like, what, 20 kids? I mean... Right. All... Yeah. <laughs> she's so shocked. <laughs> all, all, all that's happening is they're just getting the web page, the admin page of these cameras. Yeah. Well, and they, and they don't... And Talk obviously, they're not changing Absolutely. the default this... password. They're not making any changes. People are just... Right. Exactly. They're not practicing safe internet usage. And it sounds scary. You can talk through them? <gasps> you can talk through them? How is that possible? Well, of course, the, if, if the camera has that feature, which many of them do. Yep. Yep. Talk through it. Absolutely. There's a speaker built into the camera, so you can actually speak through it. You could you imagine talking to your kids through it as a nice idea, but if a hacker gets into it, you can imagine it's like, <gasps> Take off your clothes. Are there more scary things? Are there other you devices look nice. involved hacking? Uh, certainly, we're seeing more and more devices get connected to the Internet, the Internet of Things, we call it. We're, we're right. seeing toasters and crockpots and refrigerators mm-hmm. and all sorts of things that are getting connected to the Internet. The convenience options are, are obvious, but also the security risks are definitely huge. You can imagine once anything gets on the Internet, there's always some sort of a risk that will be compromised. Be Wait. very afraid. Be very afraid. Wait, did, go back to, uh, to that real quick. Uh, for those who are watching the video uh, or not watching the video, they got your, they got a car, they got a refrigerator, a coffee machine, which is just a Keurig. They got a tel- they got like so a wait, generic a LCD Fitbit monitor. Is vulnerable to hacking? Really? No, and, dude. And what is that thing on the right there? What is that supposed I, I to be? I think a it's a camera. Yeah. Is that an old webcam? Yeah, it's like a Logitech webcam. I, what is this story? They're not even trying. They are really like this is morning news, right? Yeah. And, they're just it's, uh, it's, it's, it's internet is spooky. Be be afraid of be the afraid. cyber boogeyman. Well, it, well, I, here's my theory. Oh, well, all right. Well, I have a, a oh. second to that theory. Well, go ahead. Then. I was going to say, do you think that they're trying to set up and, and continue the narrative that you know we need more controls on the internet of things? Yes, because it's so scary that people can't be bothered to follow the directions. I think I think the government will will argue that they play a role in health and mm. that they uh, that they need to have controls and standards right. and things yeah. like that. So yes, I think it's they think they want to regulate the internet of things. I also think it's it's sort of also about continuing to beat that drum for uh, cyber information sharing as mm. uh, CISPO works its way through. And in that regards, you really got to step it up a notch and at the same time work that Putin angle. Thanks. Ah. Let's stay in Washington now for a moment. Late Let's developments start! in a cyber hacking at the White House that we first told you about last October. Andrea Mitchell is monitoring this from our D.C. newsroom. Andrea, what have you learned? Now, for those of you who uh, have the supporters sync and watch the documentary that I put in there called Spin, go ahead and take a look at that. Boy, there's Andrea Mitchell. Now, you saw her in that documentary from a long time ago. Oh, Andrea. Oh, well, Lester, tonight U.S. officials tell me it was Russia that hacked the White House last year, gaining access to an unclassified computer system that contained the president's private, unpublished schedule. At the time, Vladimir Putin, of course, was in a tense showdown with the White House over Ukraine. When NBC News first reported last October that the White House had been hacked, 
We also reported it looked suspiciously like Russia was the perpetrator. Tonight, officials tell NBC News a subsequent investigation proved it was Russia launching that attack. So we have two things they're talking about here. So it's kind of hard to keep track. But if you've been listening to the show for a while, you're already caught up to speed. But essentially, there was a breach a while ago. They say, we think it was Russia. And at the time, I said, you cannot do attribution that fast. Right. Now, they now actually, a respectable amount of time has passed. Attribution seems likely. They're saying, essentially, what happened is Russia gets in through the department, um, I'm sorry, um, through the State Department and gets access to Obama's calendar. They say Russia got into the White House computers through vulnerabilities in the State Department's computer network. Tonight, the White House says no classified information was breached. Lester? Andrea Mitchell tonight, thank you. All right, so there's Andrea. All right, so now hold on. Before we go too much further, CNN basically had the same exact piece. However, they had an extra piece with a White, with a White House uh, spokesperson who uh, is real stiff, Chase. This guy, he could, should probably talk to us. Maybe we could talk to him to loosen up, and he should probably totally talk to Mr. Uh, Josh there because he needs some help. But even an unclassified system... Ha- All right, so this is them throwing to that. I, I clipped it a little earlier. Right. There's a lot of sensitive information that is very valuable to foreign spies. If that hack... That t- see, see how they did a hard cut like that? That was... That's why I had a weird yeah. cut. Yes, okay. So here okay. we go. This is Wolf. He's talking to not the main White House, not Josh Ernest, but a different White House spokesperson. We've had once or twice on the show before. Uh, and he just kind of immediately sets up very obtuse. He's, he's sort of uh, overly um, um, secretive where Wolf doesn't really uh, cross the line. Uh, and I just found the interview to be uh, kind of, well, you'll see. took place at the State Department, which was publicized at the time, uh, was actually done by hackers working for the Russian government. And eventually they managed to get uh, into the White House computer system as well. What can you tell us about that? All right, so it's a pretty reasonable question. What can you tell us about that? So he could tell you essentially what Wolf just said. He could say, uh, you know, we verified it came through the right, State Department. Yeah. We, or he could say something like we worked with this. Like, yeah. There's a lot of things you could answer. Well, Wolf, uh, first of all, uh, I'm not going to get into details about uh, our cybersecurity efforts. That's not what he asked. Mm. And then if you're not, why the hell are you on this show doing an interview? And why is that your first answer? It's like... It's like they're overtly trying to demonstrate that they're secretive. Or they're stupid. What I can say, though, Wolf, is, as you said, we were public about the fact uh, that we were dealing with cyber intrusions, uh, and the State Department uh, was public about that. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, we have different systems here at the White House. So we have an unclassified system, and then we have a classified system, a top-secret system, that is where the sensitive national security information is, the classified information is. You see, we got a network, and then we got another network. Uh, one is 192.168.0. And one's 10.0. Yeah. And they got on the 192, but that's just like we put that on the Wi-Fi. Yeah, well, that's, that's on the B network. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No except, big for, deal. except for that one printer that's connected to both. Well, we have to use XP on that one because the software we can't update. Yeah, That one sucks. That was a secure system. Uh, so we do not believe that our classified systems uh, were compromised. I will tell you, Wolf, as a general matter, we're constantly updating our security precautions on our totally. unclassified systems. Like every Tuesday, uh, once a month, there's system. <laughs> but frankly, we're also told to act as if uh, we need to not put information that is sensitive on that system. So in other words, if you're going to do something that is classified, you have to do it on one email system, on one phone system. Like Hillary's. Uh, and frankly, you have to act as if information could be compromised if it's not uh, on the classified system. There you go. That's but all he even had. An unclass- oh, oh, Couldn't you just always just practice good, safe? Yeah. 
I did Usage? Think, so, I mean, I don't understand. Here's what I thought was interesting about the interview. He says, yeah. I'm not going to go into our cybersecurity defenses. And then he manages to tell us they have two separate networks. <laughs> he manages to tell us that they have two separate devices for personal email and private well, remember, email. And he also said, we don't believe. Right, yes. We right. Don't, yeah, we, don't, we don't believe. Yeah. So, and of course, uh, you got RT. Yeah. They, they have to run Russia's response. Oh, to this, yeah, right? yeah, totally. And they, they, I love their quote. Essentially, the poll quote I got from this clip is, Russia now says blaming Putin is for anything is a sport in the West. U.S. media is reporting that uh, Russian hackers broke into the White House computer system. A little contempt there, just a little contempt. The, little US, the U.S. media. The U.S. media. It's being called one of the most sophisticated cyber attacks ever launched against the United States government. U.S. intelligence agencies say hackers working for Russia broke into White House computer networks. Well, for its part, the White House says nothing top secret was breached and no sensitive information leaked out. Well, then if that's one of the most serious breaches ever, we're doing pretty damn good. Refused, however, to confirm that it was Russian hackers who were responsible for the attack. Oh, yeah, the White House actually won't technically confirm that. Hmm. It's certainly not the first time news outlets have been quick to point the finger. Russian hackers are said to have attacked hackers from Russia. Russian website is hacking. In- Russian wait a minute. Hackers wait, 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 wait. They these cannot. Are- oh, they're, they're all. Okay. Yeah, these are previous ones. Uh, we've, we've played some of these I on know. the show. Yeah. I, was just, I was just about ready. It's like, are they, are they really saying that Brian Williams is back? No, 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 okay. no. These right. are like, so what he says is, <sighs> okay. he says, he says, the, watch here. I'll play this. Yeah. I'll just play this. Bit yeah, back. fair enough. Yeah. Here, well, hold on. Hello there, Bloomberg. Hold on. So, uh, so no confirmation from the White House, right? And then what he says is, but they do this all the time. Time news outlets have been quick to point the finger. Russian hackers are said to have attacked hackers from Russia. Uh-huh. Russian website is hacking. In- Russian hackers. A Russian cyber crime ring. And then, well, the Russian uh, president's spokesman was asked to comment on these latest accusations. He says he doesn't know which sources could have identified any specific nationalities, adding that blaming Russia for everything is already a kind of sport. As he put it, I actually uh, uh, probably was the Russians. And why the hell wouldn't they want to know what Obama's candle is? Right, exactly. I mean, you got to make sure him and Putin don't show up at the same place and wear the same thing. That'd be super embarrassing. That would be very embarrassing. And what if they're just sharing calendars? You know, you know, Google Calendar. Totally. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, all right. So we got a lot of great stuff to get into today. But I mean, I- that wasn't good. You mean that you just you just basically said that all the previous stuff? You know, yeah. that, that was okay. No, that was just warming up. Just warming up. Oh, okay. The Snowden stuff's good today. The Snowden stuff's real good today. You're going to make it I'm snow? I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. You're going yeah. to make it snow. Uh, John Oliver made it snow. Made um, it snow. Chase, yes. uh, you know me. I have a pretty low opinion of television. Very low. Uh, and I will say Except that for Star Trek on TV. That episode of uh, John well, Oliver's program- Last week tonight on HBO. It was so great because it was very informative. Uh, and it's timed very well right before the Patriot Act is up for renewal. So that's extremely important. It, yeah. was, it was paced very well, and it was yeah. very funny, but yet very hard-hitting. He asked, he asked Snowden some of the hardest questions any journalist has ever asked him. So why do you think, before we play these clips— Well, we're going to get to it in a little bit. I know. Before we play it and play them later on. Why uh, do you think Snowden decided to go with John Oliver? That's a great question. I mean, let's play the clips and answer, because I was wondering right. the same thing. So maybe yeah. we'll, have a, we'll have a take on that. Maybe the chat room okay. will, too. All right. But we have to. I want to cover a cut. We have to eat our veggies first. Eat our veggies before we get the meat. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, and maybe a little roll in here. And I know this is difficult, but we've I've very lightly been covering Yemen and the situation in Yemen where the Houthis came in and they rolled their government out, mm-hmm. uh, and and Iran is is down with their old uh, old leader. Uh, and so uh, to go after the Houthis, Saudi Arabia has now launched a coalition to bomb the Houthis in Yemen, and it's a bit of a mess. And we haven't talked about it a lot, but I want to give everybody an update because it's getting pretty serious, and the U.S. is getting sucked in more and more in the, in the last few weeks. Saudi Arabia is asking Pakistan for warships, soldiers and aircraft to help its bombing campaign over Yemen. The Saudi-led coalition has been staging airstrikes against Houthi rebels in Yemen for almost two weeks now, with a death toll so far over 500 people. It's attacking Houthi rebels in the country who are still making advances against pro-government forces. The fighting is now focused in the port city of Aden. And the chaos in the country is actually leading to a resurgence of al-Qaeda. This according to some Washington officials. Just as we feared in the chaos between this fight with the Houthis and now the Saudi intervention, uh, al-Qaeda has had a resurgence. We've seen prison breaks like this uh, before from oh, al-Qaeda. Oh, uh, And it just oh. shows how they are still a very uh, viable, very uh, formidable opponent. Al-Qaeda's most dangerous affiliate is expanding yet again. For years, the White House... Th- now, we've been told, right, al-Qaeda was pretty in, in pretty bad shape, that uh, ISIS made al-Qaeda look like child's play. Right. ...has been claiming a near victory over al-Qaeda. The core of al-Qaeda is on the path to defeat. The leadership of the al-Qaeda core uh, has been weakened, decimated. We've dealt devastating blows to al-Qaeda. Well, reports from the ground do suggest otherwise. Terrorist organizations are thought to be advancing, not only in Yemen, but also all across war-torn Syria as well. Guy and A. Chichikan has a look. Let's stop there. Uh, the rest is in the uh, supporter sync if you want to watch uh, her on. The, and she does good work. But uh, moving on, uh, I want to also just cover uh, sort of the U.S.'s involvement here because that sort of gave you the Saudi picture. Now here's the U.S. angle. A Yemen government special forces camp under attack. Explosions in the streets as government and rebel forces battle each other in southern Yemen. Civilians run for safety as French troops evacuate children. More than 600 Indian, Chinese, Pakistani and Sri Lankans getting out by ship. Tonight, the U.S. military is supplying more backup for the two-week-old Saudi bombing campaign against the Iranian-backed rebels. We have expedited weapons deliveries. We've increased our intelligence sharing. And we've established a joint coordination and planning cell in the Saudi Operations Center. The Pentagon appointed two-star Marine Corps Major General Carl Mundy to run a 20-person U.S. support operation. The immediate question, will the U.S. share detailed satellite imagery on specific targets the Saudis want to hit? The United States would be in a terribly difficult and awkward position if it did not offer the Saudis support of this nature. The Pentagon already urging caution. Defense Secretary Ash Carter Wednesday spoke to the Saudi defense minister and emphasized the importance of limiting civilian casualties oh, remember that. when conducting airstrikes, according to a U.S. Oh, statement. Two sources say for now, the Saudis pick the targets they want, discuss it with the U.S., which tells them where civilians may be located. Now, remember, we played the clip where we where the, where the U.S. gets told that they so the U.S. gives them the intelligence, but the Saudis get to pick where right. they're going to bomb. I think right. it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. No indication the Saudis will back off 
They are worried that rebels increasingly have sophisticated arms and are being resupplied by Iran. Hezbollah and Iran trained these militias to harm the population, to destroy the uh, structure of the uh, state in, uh, in, in Yemen. Okay, so uh, now uh, there's, there's the U.S.'s involvement. And, of course, as always, even though we're trying to limit casualties, these things don't... Coalition airstrikes, though, also taking an increasingly heavy toll on civilians. A strike on this house, or what's left of it now, west of Sana'a, reportedly killing six women and children. And another attack on Tuesday hit a school. Nick Robertson is in Saudi Arabia. They're using our intelligence, but they're doing the bombing. Yeah, with the details, Nick. Michael, if you just look at those Saudi coalition-led airstrikes on Tuesday, there's been a sort of a mixed bag of results, if you will. That school was about 400 to 500 meters away from a military base that the Houthis were believed to be using to store and distribute weapons systems. It had been targeted before. When the strike uh, hit that base, it also hit the school. The children were coming out on lunch break. Three of them killed, six injured. But compare that to what we've heard around the port city of Aden overnight coming into Tuesday early morning hours. Again, Saudi coalition-led airstrikes targeting Houthi targets there, um, apparently getting some success, if you will, measured by the fact that the level of fighting in Aden was down Tuesday. Uh, Doctors Without Borders who run run hospitals there in in Aden say that the numbers of casualties there were down. Also, the Al-Anad airbase, the uh, Saudi-led coalition airstrikes there, targeting Houthis around that key airbase that was being used by British and U.S. special forces and overnight into Tuesday, driving the Houthis off that base and putting it now back in the hands of, uh, of the southern separatist people's movements, uh, those that support the uh, yeah. or, or at least back at this time, President Hadi and the Saudi position. So Kitson Kitty in the chat room points out, he says uh, something doesn't make sense. Did they just make a claim that Iran was assisting al-Qaeda? Not directly. They said Iran is assisting the Houthis. Uh, but then the the news is mixing Houthis and 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 uh, right, al-Qaeda. Yeah. and he says they're totally different sects of people. They hate each other. Uh, and uh, I I also agree this was known and preventable. And and, and uh, irony again, Yemen was our great partner. Uh, all right, just a couple more clips, and then we'll get to the Snowden stuff. Mm-hmm. We're all done with Yemen, but I'd she like just to just finish the Brussels sprouts. I'd like to hear the uh, unfiltered subreddits uh, take on that unfiltered.reddit.com. If there's any stories you're tracking or any comments you want to share. On the Yemen stuff, we'd love to hear it. You know, Chase. Yes, uh, The problem is with all of this terrorism going on everywhere. Is they yeah. come back here and you get yourself them homegrown. This lone is wolves. exactly the kind of case, however, that involves homegrown terrorists radicalized online. The kind of terrorism that the FBI is struggling to keep up with. Jeff Pegues has more on this. Andrew McCabe is the man in charge of the FBI's Washington field office and runs one of the bureau's largest and most robust counter-terror programs. But now he's concerned about the FBI's ability to track every potential homegrown terrorist. How does FBI manpower keep up with all these threats? It is not hard to anticipate that as numbers begin to grow, Uh, at some point, our traditional investigative approaches and capabilities will be outstripped by uh, the sheer numbers we're facing. In just the last two weeks, federal prosecutors have charged seven people in terrorism cases, men and women. Many cases are time-consuming and involve lengthy undercover work. When prosecutors announced charges last week against two New York women, it was the culmination of a nearly two-year investigation. 
And a growing number of cases involve teenagers, lured to ISIS by the group's slick social media presence. The group is enticing middle school and high school age students to sympathize with its cause or even to travel to Syria. See, now they're punching uh, ceramic. Yeah, that's nice. To join the fight. How young are you seeing? We've seen several cases recently of... What do you think he's going to say? Nine. I'm going to go with the low number. Very young people. Hmm. Early and mid-teens. 11, 12, 13? I'm not going to go into specifics on... Why not? (laughs) Why? Why not? Why does that even matter? Why not? Why can't you? Yeah. Because you know why he can't? Because he doesn't have any how young but we've seen some very disturbingly young people um, uh, compelled to try to travel overseas all right wait 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 McCabe, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what bothers ahead. me about this so much the entire thing well <laughs> besides that oh. uh, besides that obvious point mm. is how many young youth in our country alone join gangs who commit crimes drug abuse and i'm talking about like really hard stuff that you know involves property theft so they can fill those habits and things like that you know all these things that are seriously affecting a lot of people in all parts of this country yet yet the the fbi is focused on these handful and we've already done the math we're talking about what was it uh, michigan or minnesota last week uh you know and and the the percentage of these targeted attacks you know for recruitment right i mean it's bull it's such bull it it frustrates me because like you know there's been suspicious weird things happening in my own neighborhood not from terrorists but actually kids that are being thugs Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those situations where when I see these kind of stories and I see the FBI and, and spokes holes and going, you know, and talking about, well, we can't get specifics about that. Mm-hmm. Why don't we, like, I don't know, take care of some shit, sorry, that is happening here. <laughs> I mean, I know, seriously. Right? I know. It I bugs know. the hell out of me. I know. It's And, oh. and that where they claim that it's just, yeah. Oh, I mean, I understand terrorism is a serious thing. I get that. But there are some serious things happening right here mm-hmm. that... When you're given this vague, oh, I can't give specifics about yeah, the age no of the- good. I mean, come on, man. Do you think, uh, uh, so on. you know the Boston bomber, uh, the yeah. Joker, was, uh, speaking of here at home, yeah. uh, convicted today. Of all counts. There has been a tremendous yeah. amount of emotional testimony over the course of this trial, but there was almost no exhibit of emotion as guilty after guilty after guilty was read aloud to the courtroom. Survivors, family members, Bill Richard, Denise Richard, sitting in the second row of the courtroom where they have sat throughout this trial listening any thoughts i mean you're not too surprised right no 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 i mean he he tried to to go with the defense of well you know my my brother you know he majorly influenced me and and that sort of thing but no and i uh, believe this yeah. clip has the specific charges the last richard family photos martin is eight jahar sarnayev is standing behind him before after Martin's entire body shattered, broken, eviscerated, wow. burned. Lindsay Liu didn't plan to be there that day. It it's up. her last day. Crystal Campbell lives less than a minute. The defense doesn't deny that it's the defendant you see here on Boylston Street dropping his backpack in front of the Forum restaurant, running away with the crowd. It was him, star attorney Judy Clark acknowledges in opening statements, and it's him shopping for milk at Whole Foods 20 minutes later. But Clark argues in the plot to leave a path of destruction, Tamerlan leads, Jahar follows. Tamerlan heads toward the finish line, then the first blast. Twelve seconds later, heads turn the second blast. 
Two months before the bombing, prosecutors say Jahar borrows a gun from his friend, the same 9mm Ruger used to kill Officer Sean Collier. This is just a great way to really sort of cement in the official narrative, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Really gets it nice and in there. Oh, jam it in there, good. Surveillance video captures two men on the MIT campus approaching his squad car and taking off. The gun is used again later that night, prosecutors say, when 56 shots are fired at Watertown police. The firefight ends with Tamerlan dropping his gun, heading into a hail of bullets. Jahar driving over his brother's body before abandoning the Mercedes and hiding out in a dry docked boat. Do you remember following this live? I do. This was really something. I remember the boat thing. It's been. It's interesting to see some of these stories. Well, remember the city telling everybody to stay in their homes yeah. and not go anywhere. Well, we we covered that. We, Big Brother Boston, I think, or yeah. something like that was yeah. our. Yeah, that was. It's interesting to see these stories just come full circle now on the show, isn't it? Yeah. We've been following that stuff for a long time, and yeah, you know, uh, it's in a big way, actually, almost entirely at this point. Initially, we didn't go the crowdfunding route, but now, 140 in, we are entirely crowdfunded. You go over to patreon.com slash unfilter if you want to support the Unfilter show and keep us going. Uh, and uh, the other thing that I found to be very fascinating is we're about to get into the Edward Snowden stuff. Yes. Is watching uh, John Oliver. So John Oliver had the challenge of presenting the topic of NSA, NSA surveillance to his audience, and he's never talked about it before. So he he has to set up the whole thing, right? Where we've had, you know, been covering it since the beginning. And what's interesting is when he the, the the way he chose to tell the audience the story, he used a lot of the clips that we used the weeks that those clips originally aired. So are you saying that unofficially that maybe John Oliver is possibly a supporter of the unfiltered he Patreon? Should he should be. Uh, it was, but it was, it was pretty. It's like, hmm. wow, that's cool to see, like an HBO show, like that wants to tell the story to yeah. use the same source material that we use, yeah. but we used it in real time, and it's available to all of our supporters. Because when you go over to Patreon.com/unfilter and you become a five dollar or more supporter, you get access to all of the source code to our show, all of the clips, notes, artwork, everything. And it's not just this episode. You can go back. As far as the beginning of our series when we started covering the NSA stuff, I yeah. think it was like 54, 55-ish episode, I think. I can't remember now. It's been so long, yeah. but that entire catalog is available in that BitTorrent sync. You can pick which clips you want to download. You can download the whole package if you want. Uh, but that is a great way to support our show. Now, granted, if you can't do the five, and we understand there's a lot of you guys out there, we have this new option, the $2 per month option. That's right, buddy. Which gets you in to support us. You get it keeping and, us on the air at that point. You get and, that. And, and you, get, really. you get the, the post show, which is great. Yeah. And uh, this week, huge pre-show because I started like when you were like 35 minutes out. Oh, wow. Really? But like that was that was before you got to your car. So it was actually a little bit longer. So oh, okay. it's a huge, it was like a 40 minute pre-show this that week. Is and uh, it's a mix of music and clips and just me chatting with the chat room. Yeah. Uh, and so then there'll also be a post show. Yeah. So this week you're going to get way more show if you're a supporter. You get that starting totally. at $2 and then each t- tier going up all the way up to $33 where you get part of the swag club and we'll send you out stuff like conspiracy bacon mugs. Mm-hmm. We're sort of in conservancy mode right now because we're funding Linux Fest Northwest. Yeah. But once we get that under our belt, uh, there'll probably be a swag update pretty yeah, soon. Hopefully, uh, if you're an unfiltered fan, please be sure to come on up to Linux Fest Northwest here in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be loads yeah, of fun. Come say hi to Chase and I. Yep, uh, I'll be uh, running the the video, as Boom. they say. I'll be yeah. pro- I'll be I'll be uh, producer flipping the switches, man. Yes. Uh, Patreon.com. Patreon.com. Unfilter. 
So John Oliver had uh, an interview with Edward Snowden uh, on his uh, his HBO Fresh your memory program. over some of this. And let's start by focusing on the most controversial portion of the Patriot Act that is up for renewal, Section 215. So he talked a lot about Section 215 of the Patriot Act, and he put a big emphasis in his show on the Patriot Act, which I thought was extremely respectable because it's up for renewal uh, in June. And he didn't really have to do that. Uh, and he kind of breaks down all of that. He also uh, talks, you know, he introduces Edward Snowden to his audience. Uh, tells the people who he is, and then uh, he goes out and talks a little bit about some of the leaks, some of the leaks that didn't go so well, which uh, was kind of interesting, which comes up later in the uh, interview. And he also does one of the uh, one of the famous uh, man on the street style, like a "Do you know who Edward Snowden is?" Uh, uh, t- type type thing. So here right. I'll, I'll play just because those are always fun. Here I'll play a little <laughs> bit of the "Do you the man on the street" section. No, no idea who Edward Snowden is. I've heard the name. Uh-huh. I just can't picture. Think right now. Exactly Dude, hold the microphone Edward right. Snowden. Sorry. No, I do not. No. Just for the record. A lot of people, and he's going to say, just for the record, we didn't edit it. A lot of people didn't know who Edward Snowden oh, okay. was. See, I was going to say that's a that's one of the oldest no. camera tricks no, in the book. Says, I know. In fact, he actually, and what's great is that seems like a bit. That actually comes up later in the interview. And like, oh, he's doing the bit again. And it actually, the way he works it into the interview is like, look at all these people. They don't yeah. know who you are. Wow. Was it worth it? And I mean that's a pretty intense. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, wow. so. Uh, but let's start with uh, so. Speaking of hitting him kind of hard, there was one question that John Oliver hit him really hard. Was hit him so hard that even the mainstream media had to say, "Wow, that's some damn good reporting." All right, let's move on to one of the toughest interviews we've seen of NSA leaker Edward Snowden. Here- no, okay, this is MSNBC saying one of the toughest interviews we have ever seen of NSA leaker Edward Snowden. <laughs> HBO's John Oliver grilling the man who exposed the government's secret surveillance program. How many of those documents have you actually read? That's a pretty fair question, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very good question. Wait, what do you think the answer is? Hundreds. But there could be technically thousands and there thousands. There could be. But let's, yeah, I, I, you know, it's very hard for, you know, I would say hundreds. Uh, I've evaluated all the documents that are in the wow. archive. He's evaluated all the documents. Well. You've read every single one. Well. I do understand what I turned over. But there's a difference between understanding what's in the documents and reading what's in the documents. I recognize the concern. Right, because you know, when, when you're handing over thousands of NSA documents, the last thing you want to do is read them. In my defense, I'm not handling anything anymore. That's been passed to the journalists, and they're uh, using extraordinary security measures to make sure that this is reported in the most responsible way. It's a little uncomfortable. New York Times took a slide, didn't redact it properly, and in the end, it was possible for people to see that something was being used in Mosul on Al-Qaeda. That is a problem. Well, that's a up. It is a up, and these things do happen in reporting. In journalism, we have to accept that some mistakes will be made. That's a pretty good answer, right? Yeah, I mean, no one expects perfection. But, I but think, as long as – if there is an error, that they own up to it. Yeah, and, and you know, hey, this is part of being a free society and all that. But right. John Oliver is able to cut through it as a pretty solid answer, which probably would have thrown me. John Oliver cuts right through it. This is a, a fundamental concept of liberty. Right. But you have to own that then. You're giving documents with information you know could be harmful, which could get out there. Yes. Now watch his face when he says that you have to own that. Look at that face. Like, he's not, that's, this is, uh, Snowden's actually, like, a little uncomfortable here. You're giving documents See, he's thinking about it. you yeah. know could be harmful, which could get out there. Well, it, can you pause for yes. a second? 
Yep. I mean, he was, you know, he was sitting there when he said, you know, you have to own it. And yeah. he was he was agreeing. I was like, yeah, I have to own it because I did this. I yeah. Mean, uh, yeah. This is and, you know, no one's really said this to him. Like, it, I don't, seemed, it, it seems like John Oliver, like, sat down and realized I'm going to talk to a human being. And, you know, I, I kind of disagree with A. Kothi in the chat room saying he just now realized it. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I, I think, you know, he's realized it for a while. And he's, really, he's realizing I have to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. He has to say it. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. but, I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, put yourself in his shoes yeah. for a moment, I think okay? I think that's not giving him enough credit considering yeah. his current situation. Absolutely. Liberty. Right. But you have to own that then. You're giving documents with information you know could be harmful which could get out there. Yes. Wow. That was riveting. Hey, that was unbelievable. Yeah. It was really, really great good overall. reporting. Yeah. He's just great overall. I mean, reporting. I mean, it's like it's so hard to report. I, like, yeah, how come you don't ans- ask the questions? Uh, and that's really all the, all the got uh, a lot of uh, play in the uh, show. Uh, there was another uh, another thing he did that worked pretty well that I want to play. This will probably get us pulled off of YouTube, which we've been having a lot of problems with. Oh, today, man. Which screws up the whole post process and all yeah, of that. Yeah, I know, because then, it goes through and then YouTube scans and, and like, I, I don't wait. like it. Yeah. And, and then, but I'm also now it's impacting the supporter show because I'm also doing the supporter show in a right. different YouTube way. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, this will probably get us taken down, but I thought this was a great way and demonstrates the true problem is making it relatable to the U.S. public. And when it's something that's so critical, especially with the Patriot Act about to be renewed, it, it's so critical we can relate it to the general public. And if, he, if we can't relate it, this is all for nothing. So did you do this to solve a problem? I did this to give the American people a chance to decide for themselves the kind of government they want to have. That is a conversation that I think uh, the American people deserve to decide. Oh, there's no doubt it is a critical conversation, but is it a conversation that we have the capacity to have. Which is sort of a scary thought to think about, which I'm starting to think maybe it's not fully a conversation we have the capacity to have. Right, yeah. Because it's so complicated, we don't fundamentally understand it. It is a challenging conversation. I mean, it's difficult for most people to even conceptualize. The problem... I completely agree with that as well. Like, people who don't understand how data... Look at look, look at John Oliver right there. He's, like, falling asleep. The people that don't understand how data passes through networks, like, if you don't, if you don't inherently understand that part of it, you don't understand how they can collect everything. And if you don't understand how that all communication is moving to IP and over the Internet, you don't understand how important upstream collection is. And if you don't understand those two things, you can't understand the magnitude of the conversation. But there's also another, another question that needs to be asked, and it's not just about do you understand it, but do you want to understand it? And I think there's a lot of people out there who just don't care. I think they haven't been given a reason to care. Yeah. Is the Internet is massively complex and so much of it is invisible. Uh, service providers, technicians, engineers, the phone number. Okay, let, 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 let me stop you right there, Edward, because this is the whole problem. Right. This is the whole problem. I just I glaze over because it's like the IT guy comes into your office and you go, oh, shit. In fairness. Oh, shit. Don't teach me anything. I don't want to learn. You smell like canned soup. It's a real challenge to figure out how do we communicate things that require sort of years and years of of technical understanding. And I agree. That's what I'm just saying, right? That's what I was just saying. And compress that into seconds of speech. Uh, So I'm sympathetic to the problem there. But the thing is, everything you did only matters if we have this conversation properly. 
So let me help you out there. You mentioned in an interview that the NSA was passing around naked photos of people. Yeah, this is something where it's uh, it's not actually seen as a big deal in the culture of NSA. Now, remember, we talked about this. Yeah. Uh, because you see naked pictures all of the time. That terrifies people. Because when exactly. we ask people about that, this is the response you get. Now, check this out. The government should not be able to look at dick pictures. If the government was looking at a picture of Gordon's penis, I definitely feel it would be an invasion of my privacy. Uh, yes, if the government was looking at pictures of my penis, that would upset me. They should never, ever, the U.S. government, have a picture of my dick. If my husband <laughs> sent me a picture of his penis and the government could access it, I, w- I would want that program to be shut down. I would want the dick pic program changed. <laughs> I would also want the dick pic program changed. I think it would be terrific if the program could change. I would want it to be tweaked. I would want it to have have clear and transparent laws that, that we knew about um, and that were communicated to us uh, to understand what they were being used for or why they were being kept. Do you think that program exists? I don't. I don't think that program exists at all. No. 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 If I had knowledge that the U.S. government had a picture of my dick, I would be very pissed off. Well... The good news is there's no program named the Dick Pick Program. <laughs> the bad news is they are still collecting everybody's information, including your Dick Picks. What's the over under on that last guy having sent a Dick Pick recently? What do you think, Chase? Uh, it's very high. <laughs> you don't need to guess. I'll show you. Like I did. <laughs> I did took a picture of my dick, and I sent oh, it to you recently. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most visible line in the sand for people. I agree, and yeah. I think that is you got to make it real. So for the, in the rest of the interview, uh, he has Snowden equate like upstream collection to dick pic collection. Like he has him translate like all the he goes through some of the NSA leaks and says, okay, what does this mean in terms of dicks? And the whole thing is all structured around that. And but it's, but it works. It really does work. Right. And that's what I that's what I really respected about the whole piece. So uh, supporters, check the BitTorrent sync. Uh, there's also a link in the YouTube. I recommend you watch the entire episode so you see the whole setup too. So you have a so you get uh, like he played quotes from the guy, the author of the Patriot Act wow. that uh, said, uh, "Hey, I think it's being abused. We should now I, listen." I'm not. I don't want to continually blow smoke up John Oliver. I'm sure he's he's got plenty of things that are great and plenty of things that are bad about him. I just really respected that particular episode and thought it was a good piece and it was good to see Snowden. So your question you asked at the beginning: Why did he get the interview and not someone else? You know, the beginning of the clip uh, of the of the interview. It's it's great. He shows up and Snowden's late and and John Oliver's like. Holy crap! Did I just travel to uh, to Russia and get stood up? And then like they leave the camera going, so he's oh. like, he's like, of course I got stood up. Why the hell would he show up to my show? Like, why would he be here? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> so you'll have to check it out. Um, uh. Why John Oliver? I have two thoughts. One, right. nobody else tried. You don't think anybody else tried? Well, other other people have been over there to see him. Yeah. Or two. Snowden is so savvy that he knew that going to John Oliver would have this sort of buzz effect. I, I, you know what, I, I'm more inclined to agree with that one, and that's just because maybe he felt if you went with somebody else that they would. I don't know. You have to be willing. To, you have to be or, willing to talk to, to Snowden. Right. You have to be willing to travel to Russia. Yeah. I just think the mainstream media what, is not what that if, interested. What if he also had final? Um, 
well, maybe not final editorial approval, but he had a preview approval, like an agreement in place where he could see what their rough cut was and approve that. Yeah, that's our speculation. I'll do some yeah. digging around, and if anybody out in the audience knows, or if anybody that's uh, helping uh, crowdsource our doc today uh, has any links to this interview yeah. or uh, information about the interview, behind-the-scenes information, how it was set up. John Oliver took a week off, and it's because he's over in Russia. Yeah. It was a good episode. It was pretty good. Uh, all right, so should we end on a high note? I think we should. It's been a few weeks, and this week, something I'm going to try. I don't know how well it'll translate. Okay. It's called the mapping out of the marijuana empire, the growing marijuana empire, uh, how much okay. money could be made over the next few years. It's a topic we kick around a lot on right. the show. So I wanted to play it a little bit, and I don't know how well it'll translate, so we'll just see how, we're, how it works. Because I grabbed it earlier this week, and uh, I thought, you know, this is going to be interesting. We haven't played audio for the high note for a few weeks. So let's check out, because whenever it comes to money, what do you always say, Chase? Show it to me. Show me Show it! Uh, of course, gratuitous smoking shots. We're right? starting off with some of the most beautiful places in Colorado. We'd like to open a store in Crested Butte. We'd like to open one in Steamboat Springs, in Vail different states, different countries. I want the Breckenridge Cannabis Club to be a household name. A lot of people made money selling picks and shovels during the gold rush. It's the green rush. Now, we've talked about this a little bit, even in terms of podcasting. Like, there is, in Washington State, some money to be made if you are supplying the cannabis industry right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, uh, I mean, it is, we've seen the big conventions. I mean, not big conventions, but where there's real money being, you know, deals being had. A lot of equipment, a lot of technology behind that. Yeah. Probably specific IT I mean, needs. people have been, like, wanting to, like, I was reading an article the other day that Books on how to cultivate like plants and, and marijuana and stuff have been. Uh, there's a hold list at the Seattle Public Library because people are so interested in this topic. All right, there you are. Guys. I would say there will be three to five billionaires minted in this industry in the next three years. This is in Breckenridge. This right here, this is the real stuff. You're not going to find this on the street. This is top quality organic bud. In 2009, when we first started, we started off very small. We were growing in a garage. We had our own medical marijuana cards, and we had a a few other patients. We mostly just grew and gave that away until there was a profitable business plan that we could go forward with, and that's when we got into Breckenridge. We didn't work as hard as we've worked the last four years to just scrape by. We have much bigger plans than that. Hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? So uh, three, they, did you hear that number, that stat there? I thought was the most interesting. Three to five billionaires in the next few years. Yeah, that's you, all. Not bad. You going to get in on some of that money, buddy? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> at this point, I'm working IT. <laughs> hey, man, even weed guys need IT, right? Hey, we're, we're fair enough. So there's a lot to cover uh, still every single week. Like, I go back to that idea we had a long time about doing the Unfiltered Show twice a week because you never know exactly what to fil- fit in every yeah. single episode. But uh, you can always go to unfiltered.reddit.com to help us decide what does fit into the show. Unfiltered.reddit.com. We're we're nearly we're, we're getting close to nearly two thousand subs on that. So nice. which is phenomenal. 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 Yes. Yeah. All right. So don't forget you keep us on the air over at the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/unfilter. We're at uh, 382. Boy, I'd love to see that. Boy, can you think we get to 385 soon? I, you know what? I'd love to get to, uh, to 384. Let's just, you know, I'm well, not going to reach too high, but I'll it'd tell be you nice. what, the value is insane. Uh, yes. The supporter show right now is clocking in at almost an hour and 50 minutes, which is great for a commute. We're just over that, actually, just over an hour and 50 for 
there and back. Uh, plus, we still have the post show, <laughs> so we're not done yet. Now, Chris, yes, sir. During the course of the week, obviously, not you're not just doing this show; you're no, doing sir. other shows yes, on the sir. Jupiter Broadcasting yes, Network. Where can people find you for alerts and information? I would say if you want to follow that kind of stuff as it's happening, twittercom Chris Las. Are you on there? I do. I tweet pretty much every day oh. at Nunes N U N E S, and I want to pimp out I've my been, inst- Instagram yeah, I was as well. Say I've been digging. That's what you were talking about with yes, the picks. Yes, yes. Uh, you've been downtown Seattle getting some of the best picks. <laughs> I have seen from you in a long yeah, time. Yeah, Instagram.com. Wait, slash, that's not you. No, Chase Nunes. Uh, someone's oh. got Nunes. So. Instagram.com slash C H A S E. That's your Twitter. So you got to go to Instagram.com slash Chase Nunes. Chase Nunes, yeah. I mean, you could see I took a video today of my painless commute. My first. Are you bragging? Look at this. Yeah, go ahead and play that. Look at you. I'm just cruising. You're on the bus, buddy. I'm on the bus. Look at you, public transit. I know, a little louder. But it's all yeah. right. Hey, that's, yeah. the bus is loud. That's bus is loud. Yeah. Yeah. All right, check us out. Don't forget we're live on Wednesdays, jblive.tv. Cupidbroadcasting.com slash calendar because Linux Fest is going to be messing this ass up pretty soon. So don't miss out on the outages for the show because Unfiltered is going to take a hit. I think. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Uh, Jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. But other than that, what a great show. We'll see you guys right back here next, next week. week.